You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. So the octopus says, play it. I'm going to figure out how to get his pajamas off and then fuck it. (laughs) 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 Hello. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. We're recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 105. The Naked and Alone edition. <laughs> I am uh, the king of the castle today. Uh, oh, where's Liv? Roscoe? Roscoe has... Uh, A.K.A. Fry Vincent. <laughs> He is uh, headed north. He is headed north. He, to Syracuse? Syracuse. He is his oldest, uh, no, not his oldest, his second oldest brother, Tim, the one from uh, Baton Rouge. Ah, uh, yes, Tim Vincent. He, um, he is in town for, uh, for a visit. And I guess. He's our most recent new like of the uh, Two Sorry Excuses Facebook page. Oh, no way. Yeah, because that day when Lexi and Guy, Roscoe, and you were all hanging out, Lexi posted something on Facebook about, you know, you should follow Two Sorry Excuses or something when she was hanging out with y'all. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And, you know, I saw the notification. I was like, Tim Vincent. I was like, oh, that's obviously, I was like, it's one of Guy's brothers. Yeah. And then, um, funny thing was, a few days after that, I was looking. And it was like, invite people. Lexi's not even on. She doesn't even like two sorry excuses. So I invite her to like it, but I, I still don't think she has hit the like on it. But I'm like, she's out there drumming up support for it, which net at one person. But it was one more person we had before that. But but she's not even a fan. Come on, Lexi. Get with the program. Yeah, that's weak sauce, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he went up. And uh, originally the big plan was Guy was going to come down um, on, like, Friday or something to celebrate the 4th of July down here. Is Tim the one that that Roscoe had to drive cross-country to see when we were? Yes. Back in September, he was undergoing surgery and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. So there's five Vincent brothers. Uh, The oldest lives in Syracuse. Tim is the next who lives down in New Orleans. Then, uh, well, not New Orleans, uh, though, right? Baton Rouge. Well, I mean, I know he lives like he he lives in some other yes, small hamlet, Louisiana. I guess. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. In the southeastern Louisiana, the general southeastern Louisiana vicinity. <laughs> 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 he probably tells people he lives in New Orleans. He's probably like really like seventy miles away or something. Right. Right. <laughs> Because who'd have frig probably heard of wherever he's from? That's, you know, that far north. You know, right? Right. <laughs> Everybody knows New Orleans. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that he doesn't come home often, and uh, he's making the trip up. And um, Roscoe is. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's particularly tight with him, but I know I know the guy is not particularly. Yeah, I tight. remember that. I remember you telling me about all that. Or that coming up when we were up in Syracuse. Right. 
You know? So I think you might have been telling me on the side about it. You know? Yeah. So there's there's different Vincent brother factions. Um, yeah. So guy wasn't. But he's way older than. Yeah, yeah. Than Roscoe. He's because he's a few years older than Guy, right? They almost had. Well, not quite like you guys, but but I think the oldest. I mean, Guy is forty five. Easily. He's got, yeah, he's 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 a. You know what? Let me think. Guy's probably yeah. He's probably like forty six now. I think maybe maybe. I'm trying to think because I think he might have graduated from high school in eighty eight. Eighty eight would make him four years older than me, but his birthday's in February. Yeah, and it would make him six years older than me. So he's either forty five or forty six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, his older brother, and he's the middle. Child, I thought he was eighty-eight. He might have been. He might have actually graduated earlier than that, even. But who knows? That's not here nor there. I'm pretty sure his oldest brothers are in their fifties. Okay, Roscoe's yeah. oldest brothers are in their fifties, which is kind of like you, right? Well, yeah, because my youngest sister is Roscoe's age. Roscoe's born and graduated high school in ninety-eight, just like Mari, and the oldest brother. Was born in 64, 16 years before that. So it's probably the same gap. Yeah. Or about. It's, it's pretty close. Because yeah. he's got, the two oldest have kids in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like not 21, like, in their 20s. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, so he went up to. Like already up there. He went up to that, and uh, Guy was was talking about blowing it off and coming here. Um, but then once those rumblings start, you know, like it just, the, the, the foundation starts to crumble, the whole building comes down. Um, yeah. And parents probably start trying to, yeah, you gotta be here and all that type of stuff. Get the kids together, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're getting older now. We've never, haven't had y'all all all in one place in such a long time. So I had a big, uh, 4th of July. Cause I, cause I'm sure they probably don't have them all in place, one place. Too often. I had asked Roscoe that, and he said last year they actually were all in the same place. But before that, it was Guy's wedding, like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was nine years ago. Because I remember Guy asked me if I was going to make it to his wedding. I was like, no, because I'm heading to Budapest. Oh, that's right. And that was 2007. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a yeah, long time. Yeah, it's hard to believe it was that long ago. Yeah. So I had big Fourth uh, of July plans, and Fourth of July is. Um, is my favorite holiday, my favorite summertime holiday, because it's right in the middle of the summer and like summer's in full swing. Um, you know, Memorial Day is nice, but that's just like not everything's done. The yard's not clean. Um, you know, not every not you haven't brought all your beach chairs out. Your bikes aren't ready. And then Labor Day, it's usually really hot, and it's just kind of like, all right, summer. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm waiting for, like, local summer to start, you know, after all the all the the tourists and the, and the weekenders leave, you know? September's, like, really, really great around here. So, um, and then plus, the third is Angie's birthday. So we would always make it into a, you know, extravaganza, like a third, fourth kind of dual party. And um, take a trip, usually. 
like school would have just gotten out. So yeah. I've been to Vegas a couple times on Fourth of July. Um, come back here for fireworks. So I went from having, you know, a pretty raucous weekend planned to Tim lives in Hammond. I'm f- flying solo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to look that up. That is like that's like fifty miles, sixty. Miles. That's closer to Baton Rouge. Okay. But- but yeah, they do. They they will talk about Hammond on the local news, though. In fact, they had a story about Hammond on the news tonight. So well, there you go. It's within the range. They get the stations. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I- all right. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I was just you know telling you how much I like Fourth of July, and now I've got no. Yeah, plans. and I'm a jerk, and I just disregarded so I could find out where. Yeah, exactly. Tim Vincent left. So not only does that mean you interrupted me, that means you weren't listening to me for the last three minutes. Well, I was listening. You and Andrew always take a vacation around <laughs> July Fourth because it's when school gets out. You know, it's your favorite holiday. Uh, you know. Other Labor Day kind of sucks, you know, until all the tourists leave after <laughs> Labor Day. Is that basically what you were saying? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what I'm saying. So uh, I was go on. Tell me more about Fourth of July. So I was playing around with the idea of maybe going to see my sister, but that means and she's in DC, right? She's in DC. So that means even if I left tomorrow, that I'd get down there on a Thursday, and I would stay till Saturday, probably. Yeah. Thursday to Saturday. Then I come back, and I'm, maybe I get Sunday here, and then I get Monday here. There's some shit I want to do around the yard. and Yeah. Fix my bike. Maybe just kind of relax, you know? Maybe that's what my plan's going to be. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's good for a long weekend, especially... When you've had a schedule like you've had, sometimes you just want to sit around and do nothing. Yeah, so I'm going to take tomorrow, Friday, uh, tomorrow and Friday off. And then Monday's the holiday, and then I'm not going to go to court on Tuesday because all the guys who uh, who go on Monday like to go on Tuesday after a Monday holiday. Oh, uh, so like normally you go on Tuesday? Yeah, because Monday... And those guys aren't there. But since it's a holiday, they're all going to be there on Tuesday yeah, now. Yeah, so it's a bunch of... Monday are, are like the curmudgeons. And if they don't get enough cases, they get pissed. Right? Uh, it's a bunch of old dudes. A bunch of old dudes. And I, it's a riot because it's 100% volunteer. You know? Hmm. Like, there's no... Yeah. It's not a merit system. It's not a bonus system. It's not, like, anything. It's you volunteer. So you show up and... If you get a case, you get a case. If you don't, you don't. You sign in either way so they know that you came. But these guys bitch and moan when new people show up. Like when there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of mediators. They're like, oh, there's not enough cases for everybody. This is ridiculous. But it's still a first-come, first-served basis. So if you're the first mediator there, you're going to get a case. You're going to get a case. But these guys want like four or five cases in a day, you know? like Yeah, they're just greedy. Right. Like Because uh, I guess it. To them, it's probably easy money, I guess, huh? No, it's free. It's volunteer. Wait, they're not getting paid? No. Oh, it's not, you don't get like fees paid by the system or anything? No, no, no. So, what the hell's their interest? I guess they're just bored. That's like old people at the post office. They're old guys in the bank. They're all on the rare occasion when you actually have to go in the post office or the bank for something. Yeah. There's always some old person that's doing something that could easily be accomplished 
outside of the building, but they're making it the longest, hardest thing, and you got to wait in line. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. See, I'm doing it for um, for accreditation hours. Yeah. So you need so many uh, so many hours to be accredited um, by the NJAPM. So in addition to that, I'm I'm trying to hone my skill, and I've really it's been a great platform to do that. I'm a lot more comfortable than I was when I started, and like. It's uh, it's all um, small claims or special civil cases, and up here, special civil is fifteen thousand, three thousand to fifteen thousand dollars. Anything over fifteen thousand dollars goes to the law division. So once it gets into the law division, you um, you get paid. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I've started. I don't have a network. I don't have a legal network. So <clears throat> I've actually started to meet attorneys started to meet you know um people in the system who eventually will recognize my name and choose my services for law division cases because when you go to law division you'll get assigned randomly assigned to a mediator but the parties can agree to choose a different mediator from the list okay so Getting out and getting known is is helpful. Yeah, so you got some name recognition. Yeah, because it's an old boys system, you know. Yeah, of course, old boys network. So, um, so but these old guys uh, get pissed when they don't get their cases. <laughs> it's really really funny. Like I, I get why days. they go. You know, it gives them something to do and it gets them out of the house. I don't understand why they get so upset. Like they get a little belligerent. <laughs> so, um, so I'm I'm all dudes. Moral of the story is that I'm not going to court on Tuesday because those guys have Monday off and they're all going to show up. So I ass- and they're going to be giving you shit because you're a young whippersnapper of exactly forty three exactly exactly. <laughs> so I'm taking a big a big uh, little a little staycation Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday Tuesday and take a little, little six day uh, hiatus from. That's nice. In real life. Although today I was starting to get a little anxious because I had a couple hours worth of work to do and I was getting that done. But I was coming to the end of it and I was almost like, I don't know what to do. You know? Huh. Like, you you know when you're so wound up you don't know how to relax? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one of those deals. So um, tomorrow I'm going to uh, get up early, I think, um, do a little yard work. Plant my, uh, or water my flowers. I've been diligently keeping my uh, my flora and fauna alive, keeping them moisturized. Oh, there, it looks really good. That's nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, I had to do peaceful activity. Like I had to trim hedges and stuff last week, and oh man, and I was trying to clean up out front the driveway, a little area. It's not much, but they got the hedges. And stuff needs to be trimmed around the the cement and the friggin', you know, where the driveway meets the road. You know, there's grass growing there, and I was doing all that. And it probably only took me like 45 minutes to an hour or something, but it was so damn hot, you know. And I'm using all these muscles I don't normally use. Ugh. But I was glad I did it last week, you know. Because, see, the thing is, I knew I was leaving going out of town next Wednesday and I'm like it's the last thing I really want to be doing the weekend before I go on vacations all this bullshit <laughs> you know yeah uh, two things one uh, do me a favor and text me your uh, your address 
Okay. And then two, what? Uh, where are you going? Can you talk about it? Uh, we haven't, but I'm going to go to Chicago. What's in Chicago? Uh, well, I'll tell you this much. I, um, last year when I went to D.C., uh, I actually flew through through Baltimore. On the way back, I was supposed to fly through Chicago. That was the night the tornado hit Chicago when they had the Stanley Cup. Doing the Stanley Cup finals and all that. Yes. Plane got canceled. Yes. I had to get a hotel room and stay in friggin' some little outskirt town outside of Baltimore, you know? Near the airport. So not and not to interrupt you, but for those of you who would like to play along at home, I'm going to say that this was the Two Sorry Seersuckers episode. Uh, Let's see. Yes. Seersucker. Is this the wedding of the brother or the where you got the crab cake? This was the, the, that was the year before. This was this was actually like the one year anniversary, basically. Uh, how do you spell seersucker? S e e r sucker. So two sorry seersuckers episode twenty five. That was May thirtieth, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, that was that was a couple weeks before I went up there. Okay, so that for the wedding is uh, yeah. the boys are back to trade grooming secrets, discuss jerseys. Social geography. Yeah, and I was trying to uh, figure out uh, the what was it? It was like the beach cat. It was some club casual look or something like that. Yep, something like that. I forget what that dress code was. It was something like that. Yes, I remember we discussed that, and I took pictures and sent them back. But that wasn't the weekend that you were you were traveling. Because I remember, I'm trying to find... That was in anticipation of that wedding, but I went to the same place a year later. See, him and his brother basically got married around the same weekend, like a couple of years apart. And their family has this really awesome house on, like, on Chesapeake Bay on the eastern shore of Maryland. Okay. You know, it's like out of... um, What's that movie? Like, Wedding Crashers type of shit. Yes, right. So, so last year they said, so every year they do a party that weekend anyway, you know, now it has become, it has become a dual anniversary party for both of the brothers and their wives, basically a big, I think they were doing the party anyway before, but now that they both got married around the same time, you know, it's, it's basically done as a big anniversary bash. Right. And I got invited to it again this year, but I was like, I can't go back. I mean, I could go back. It's just that, you know, I don't have I, – I got to prioritize doing other stuff. I just can't keep going back to the same places all the time, you know, uh, when you only get to take so many vacations. <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah, so this must have been it. July 16, 2015, Two Sorry Excuses, Episode 73, If Ben Were Brian. So this is the episode where you watch the um, – where you watch the uh, Brian Wilson documentary. <laughs> yes, yes. And, the movie with uh, Paul Dano. Uh, yes, yes. Yes, yes, and John Cusack. Yes, and, that was a good one. Man, that was last July. That was last July, it. and then you posit yeah. that, uh, what, that Ben Cook is Brian Wilson. 
Yeah, yeah, um, he is. So it says they uh, we dis- we uh, the boys are back on time and in stereo to lament a wasted potential of Amazon Prime Day, extol the virtues of Liz Stillman and ensconce themselves in seersucker. So I'm imagining you recount your story because the 2015 Stanley Cup wrapped up on June 15th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that, well, wait, could that be true? June 15th, or maybe. Yeah, yeah, that could be true. Yes, because the Stanley Cup just ended a couple recently. The Penguins won like that was like two weeks ago. Oh no, here it is. Found it. June twenty second. Cheesy weenies and tight pants. The boys are back in a very liverific episode <laughs> where they pull back the proverbial curtain and talk and take stream of consciousness to a new level. Sanders recounts the legacy behind his nickname. <laughs> Liv teaches a bunch of tight pants wearing city boys what it's like to live on the bayou. And the guys savor some cheesy weenies and bunt cakes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious what I thought about tight pants guys okay, on the bayou. Okay, so... For those of you who aren't going to go listen to episode 70, uh, Cheesy Weenies and Tight <laughs> That's what this podcast has become now. We tell you about old podcasts. <laughs> we don't have any more new material. We just talk about what we previously talked about. Stop. We try to figure out which podcast it was that we spoke about that. So stop what you're doing. Go back and download that. It's June 22nd, 2015, episode 70. But what you do here is um, they have a uh, crawfish boy at the at the party. Oh yeah. And you go out and buy cheesy weenies to throw in yes. the crawfish boil. And well, they didn't know what they didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah, I remember that. And the the brother of the one of the brides is like a CrossFit dude. Um Yeah, Michael Bolton. Yes, who lives in Brooklyn or something. And he had a bunch of friends yeah. there who were all wearing tight pants. And I don't think he really did. Uh, uh, he had no. He had buddies there, I think, or she had. Buddies yeah, there. Uh, there were. That might be inaccurate. There were people there with tight pants. I remember there were people there with tight pants. Yes, I, but it might be inaccurate to say they were his buddies. I also remember if you well, Michael Boltman might have been wearing tight pants, but he gets to wear tight pants because he's in fucking ridiculous shape. So if <laughs> if you're listening, plus I like Michael Boltman yes. a lot, so I'm not going to so, bad mouth. So if you want to go listen to episode seventy one. I also uh, I also try to um, make social commentary on Michael Boltman, and you take umbrage with it, and you reprimand me in episode seventy one as well. <laughs> How do you know all this? Because I remember. That's, Are you listening to it right no, now? No, that's just I remember shit like this. This is, this is what uh, okay. I remember. This is what I remember. So wait, so you recall me giving you shit about for Michael trying to Boltman? Correct. Malign <laughs> the reputation of Michael uh, Boltman. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Not quite to the extent in which uh, Michael Reardon was protecting Joe Romano's reputation. But you yeah. made it very clear that you were a fan of Michael Boltman and you were not going to stand for any tomfoolery. Yeah, I mean, Michael Boltman's a hip-happening dude. And, you know, it's rare that hip-happening dudes think I'm a hip-happening dude. So <laughs> I want to be down with Michael Boltman. <laughs> now it comes to light. I wondered why. I'm like, because I always think, you know, like, well, I mean, I would consider, you know, I always I always uh, run through my head. I'm like, well, I, I would consider us pretty good friends, but you give me a lot of shit, and I know he likes, I know he likes Guy, but he gives Guy a lot of shit, and I know he likes Reardon, and 
gives Reardon a ton of shit. No, you know what? Probably at the time also, when I first met Michael Boltman, it was during the uh, Bachelor Party. I really didn't get to know him. And I was like, oh, this guy. I was like, I don't know if this guy likes me, you know? <laughs> and then I think even at the wedding, nothing, you know, we really didn't have much of a click. But then when we were up there, you know, me and that dude clicked, you know? And it was like, it was like a moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I hung out with him, like, kind of like one on one for a couple of days, you know? So I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I kind of had a bad opinion of this guy just cause, because he is a decent looking dude who's in very good shape. So obviously I look at him thinking, that guy's probably an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying. So this has two levels. You- <laughs> He's a decent-looking guy in really good shape who lives in Brooklyn. He's probably an asshole. <laughs> it's very, it, it's, it's very, it, it's a, it's a rare occasion when we're able to unveil a, a person's individual insecurities and. And, in, and his individual prejudices within the same conversation. <laughs> yeah. Michael Boltman is that to you? He he. Yeah, I mean, and thing was, his sister, who is my buddy's wife now, I actually like a lot, and she likes me. So it made no sense that I should have had this view of him to begin with. But it, you know, but I didn't know him, you know, because I just never talked to him. Right. You know, right. and then I found out that he kind of has scorn for all the people that live in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks down on all the hipsters and all that, you know, and I was like, well, this guy's actually pretty cool because he lives there. But yet he mocks all the people that he's living amongst. <laughs> so there is one. So I Google Michael Boltman. And it comes up Michael Bolton. Even even when searching. Does it say, did you mean Michael Bolton? It says, did you mean Michael Bolton? But I searched for. It's Boltman with a U. Oh, it's Boltman with a U. But there's a there's one picture of a guy from CrossFitNYC.com that I'm going to assume is, uh, is Michael Boltman. So let's see. It's with a U. So. Uh, boy, that's even more results for Michael Bolt. Let's see. Michael Bolt in CrossFit New York City. It's got to be him. Let's see. Because that's the first. Yeah, that's Michael Boltman. All right. So does. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's really a good dude. I just had preconceived notions about him originally because I was like, look at this guy. He's doing handstands and shit, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, but he's actually a really good dude. I don't have a bad word to say about All him. Right. Now. All right. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, I, I could probably rag on him a little bit, but probably the problem is I probably don't know him well enough to rag on him the way I can rag on on you or Guy or Mike Reardon or Brian <laughs> Peters or whomever. Uh, right? That is true. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain level of comfort that needs to be that needs to exist before you can dive those dive to those depths you know what i mean yeah so yeah i mean it's just you know uh it's a weird thing with the boltmans though and i've probably explained that in one of those 
Well, friggin' because um, they're from New Orleans. Conversation, yeah, like they're they're. It's weird because it's like they're not connected to New Orleans. It's like they're like friggin' the children of Italians, you know, like, oh, they were from this village, but they have no connection to it. Right. It's weird because it's within America. Yeah, right, right. And it's only their grandfather. Their grandfather was born, raised here, went to college here, and they have no connection at all. It's weird. That's weird to me because it was such an entrenched family, you know, here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that concept is kind of odd to me and blows me away because they don't have really a they don't have, you know, they don't have some sense there. They're all based in central Jersey or wherever. Yeah, that is. Uh... I wish I could remember the town that they're from. Uh, that's funny. Because you probably know of it. Yeah. Um... It might not be central Jersey, but I know it's like it's it's more like rural Jersey, you know. Let's see. I'll look it up and I can look it up on Facebook. Boltzmann in New Jersey. What's, uh, well, we know it's Michael. Oh, he doesn't put his high school on his Facebook page. Let's see. Clifton, New Jersey now. Hardwick. Hardwick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think there might be some other town affiliated with it, because I remember them saying another name, but it is because I'm looking at the mom's Facebook page. Yeah, Blairstown. um... Blairstown, yes. That's the one that I think they might claim you know yeah that's um, like when they tell you about where it is oh blair's town or something you know? yeah that's along the um the delaware river so okay like yeah i Western. think it's kind of like it's not exactly it's not from what they tell me it's not typical like when you you know everybody thinks of jersey is like just suburban jersey or whatever you know yeah it's real like um it's real like i don't want to say artsy but it's like folksy yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's uh, small town living out there. Yeah, and I think like that. Like I think she told me. I think it might be in her mother does the mail. You know, <laughs> like uh, like she's a mailwoman. Is like the mail lady for the town. Okay. You know, and I think the dad was like a mechanic or something. You know, and I think they were kind of like hippies, which is why they ended up there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what kind of town yeah. it was. Yeah, because they might have been like. Because they bought a place, you know, that they probably bought the place that they live in maybe 40 years ago or something. I mean, it, and the town was nothing, you know. But now I think, it, you know, it was like lots of land. And now I think it's really valuable because it's become a kind of a valued spot, you know. Yeah, especially along the Delaware River, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the 70s or whatever, when they moved there, there wasn't really much going on. Right. Hey, you're, uh, you're shuffling your mic there, pal. It fell down to the side. <laughs> we good now? Yeah, we're good. So you know what's really funny is that uh, 
I uh, I'm producing this podcast for uh, for this company, this um, this startup company, and so you don't even care about where where I'm gone next week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just move right along to you talking about your side projects. <laughs> so what? Let's talk about the podcast you're producing. One for of the, company. the things I insisted we do was send all of the guests a headset microphone, a handlet. Yeah, like a real one. Like, like a real the, one. With the microphone. Yeah, not like my friggin' uh, pod, my earbuds yes. that have the little microphone that hangs down. And then somebody in, uh, in, in trying to refute that suggestion said, whatever, everybody's got a pair of earbuds, that's fine, that'll work well. And I say, you'll be surprised how quickly people lose track of the fact that the microphone is hanging below their mouth, rubbing against their shirt, and it makes for bad audio. And I said, how do you know this? And I said, trust me, I know this. (laughs) Well, it never rubs against my shirt. Right, because you wear no shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you go to Chicago. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason. So last year, so the flight gets canceled because the tornado it was the last flight. They couldn't get me on another one. They're like, we'll get you on one through Philadelphia in the morning. So I, so I had to get this hotel, get up all early, you know, and I, I get out of the shower. It's like five something in the morning at this point, And I got one of those automated messages. Your flight to Philadelphia has been canceled. You know, I'm like, fuck. And for one, I was really worn out at this point, too. Right. And I like, rescheduled, so I had to get to the airport and get on another flight that didn't leave Baltimore till like 11 o'clock, which kind of pissed me off anyway, because it's like, you know, I could have just stayed in bed <laughs> for a couple more hours. Right. You know? So after I finally got back home, I wrote a bitchy letter to him. Because I was like, you know, they had all these things cover them, how they wouldn't pay, you know, stuff they don't pay for. And they don't pay if you get bumped before because of weather and all that shit. Right. But I was like, if you if you bitch to them, they'll give you some money anyway. Right. You know, right. they'll do something. So they gave me a $100 credit, American Airlines. Okay. And so uh, I could have used it when I was going to Boston, but the deal I got going to Boston was better then I would have got through American anyway. So it just didn't matter, you know? Right. And um, same with the time we're going to, for the football game last year. Well, the it expires on July 8th. I was like, well, I better use it. I was like, I've never been to Chicago. I was like, I'd like to go to Wrigley Field. I was like, I think I'll just go there, you know? So I'm, I was like, and my birthday is next week. So it gives me an excuse. So I just decided, screw it, I'm going to go. I mean, I'm only gone very briefly. Like, I'll leave Wednesday morning. Theoretically, I'll be at Wrigley Field that afternoon. And then I come back Saturday evening, you know? Okay. And the real reason that, I mean, A, I'm going to be alone. So how much more can I really do on my own? Right. And the other thing is, you know, to stay an extra day, it would have cost me a few hundred more dollars, you know, in the hotel room. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of spending money, so it's like, eh, well, I, I need to see all I can see. And I knew a couple of people from college, 
up there. Uh, one was a guy that lived in my dorm freshman year who I stayed friends with, you know? We talk, we weren't like tight buddies, but we were friendly enough that I could go and have a beer with him. And I was like, hey, man, I'm thinking I'd gone up there. I'd like to go to Wrigley Field or something. Because I knew he's a big Cubs fan. He's always going to games at Wrigley. Right. And he's like, yeah, totally. And he was all like, you can stay at my house, all this. I was like, oh, that would be great because that will save me some money. He's like, I'm right on the outskirts. I was like, great. And then the next day he's like, oh, man, I remember my wedding anniversary is on the 7th. Uh-huh. And then my kid's birthday is that weekend. I was like, I was like, man, you're such a typical <laughs> husband, dude. You know, I was like, you're such a sitcom dude forgetting your anniversary. Right. He's like, yes, yeah, so I can't keep you in my place. I was like, that's fine, dude. I don't care about that. Because part of it's the freedom to do whatever you want anyway. I'll be doing a bunch of touristy stuff on my own on Thursday. And then Friday, I'll be doing a bunch of touristy stuff on my own. Maybe make it out to the White Sox game just to go there because they have a game that night too, which is one of the reasons I scheduled it for when I scheduled it. Yeah, that's good. It gives me, yeah, it gives me a chance to go see both ballparks, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, even though like it, the bigger deal is to get to the Cubs game, of course, you know? Yep. So, um, so, and then it's the 30th anniversary of Ferris Bueller's. So I'll have to do some Ferris Bueller spots, you know, and I, I actually have the movie on Blu-ray. So I actually saw it like a month ago. I went to see it on the big screen for an anniversary showing of it, you know? Um, so, uh, I'm going to watch it again this weekend just to get some tips, you know, make sure I hit all the hot. Hit all the hot spots. You're Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, I never looked up to see if it was playing anywhere around here, um, but you're right. It had to be. There's a ton of independent movie theaters around here, so. Yeah, yeah. What else you got? Because I... uh, why? Why? Yes. Why? What are you gonna say? No, I got nothing. I was, I was gonna say, I hope you got something. Oh, one I, thing I, I did want to cover last week is I made a note to myself, but I didn't cover. So now we're like a, two weeks late on it because last right. week we talked about the Tonys, and um, like the weekend, a few days before the Tonys, I was in the kitchen. You know, I had the TV on and I could hear. They were doing one of those promos, CBS promos, saying who, all the people are going to be there. And apparently, I was wrong and I misheard, but I thought they said Wilford Brimley. You know, I was like, Wilford okay. Brimley's going to be at the Tonys, but uh, you know, so I was like, Wilford Brimley's alive. <laughs> you know, that's the other. Yeah, thing I would I think, say. You know? I would say Wilford Brimley's not alive. Yeah, well, I looked it up. Wilford Brimley's not even that fucking old in the grand scheme of things. Like, Wilford Brimley, I look it up and his date of birth was like September 1934. And I'm like, wait, how the hell is Wilford Brimley only six years older than my dad? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's alive. As I started okay. thinking, I was like, Cocoon came out in the 80s. You know, so he was playing a senior citizen along with like Donna Michi and Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy or whomever else was in that movie who were legitimately elderly people at the time. And he was like yeah. in his early fifties. 
Well, he played. He was. What was the What was the TV show he was in where he played with? Uh, he life was the goes grandfather. On. That yeah, life goes on. Mother. That was in the eighties too. Yeah, he was like the grandfather. Yeah, and Shannon Doherty was on it, and Christopher Burke, uh, the guy, the special, the guy with Down syndrome was. The no, 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 no. <laughs> Wasn't that life goes no. on? No, no, no! You're totally, you're totally. Am I messing up? up? So, yeah. So that what was the was, one where he was. So the... life goes. Life goes on. Is it, you're right. Is with the kid with Down syndrome, um, but the the father in that is um, is Dan. Yeah, but Wolf Brimley didn't. What was the one where he? Then it's the one that I'm mixing the two shows up because he's yeah. the grandfather well, of the on. show with Shannon Doherty was the granddaughter. Yes, that's a totally different yeah. right. That's a totally different show. Um, They're basically the same so, shit, as far as I'm concerned. Something Martin was the daughter in Life Goes On. I forget her name. She went on to Kelly be Kelly Martin. ER. Was it Kelly Martin? Correct. And then she went on to be what? Uh, in ER. Okay. She she was on in ER. Oh, and it was um, a blonde lady that was the mother on the show where Wilford Brumley was her father, right? I want to say. She, she had a very similar name to the golf tournament, the Dinosaur Classic. Um, I want to say her name was something like that. Was there? All right, so Wilford Brimley, Our House. Was Our House, show. yes. And that was a great show. Yes. It was uh, on an 86. I think it basically uh, had the same sort of thing Hall. as Life Goes On, where it would come on Sunday nights. Uh, it was definitely a Sunday night. Yeah, show. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see. It was uh, yeah. It was the um, Sundays at seven, opposite CBS's Powerhouse sixty Minutes. Um, yeah, because I remember it was always coming on like because I think it must have been NBC, huh? Because I think it was always like football was. It was yes. always getting preempted yep. by football. Right. Um. Dino, uh, Deirdre Hall, not Dino Deirdre Shore, Hall. Yeah, close, yes. close. Um, she was the mother. Shannon she was Doherty actually kind of fairly well known. Yeah, she was a soap opera actress yeah. back in the day. Um, Chad Allen was the was the son. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I recognize his face, but I don't know who it is. Yeah, he was in. Um, Oh, uh, let's see. He was in Our House, and he was on My Two Dads. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was like a boyfriend or something, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Then he was on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, which was another Sunday night show. Yeah. But So you would recognize him. You totally anyway, him. Cocoon came out the year before that. You remember Cocoon? Uh, I never saw Cocoon, but I remember Cocoon. But sure. that's it was about elderly people who the aliens come down, they get like rejuvenated, yes. and he played one yes. of the elderly people. It came out in nineteen eighty five. He was he was probably fifty years old when the movie came out. Not even fifty one yet. <laughs> I mean, you're forty three. Do you think in seven years you're going to need the aliens to rejuvenate you? <laughs> Oh, God, I hope not, because I'm convincing myself that I'm still young and spry. So Wilford Brimley, for his whole career, which isn't even that long, because he only got into acting later in life, you know, he got, you know, I mean, I think his his career really picked up later on, because he originally wasn't an actor. 
You know? Yeah, so yeah. he's basically been playing a 70-something-year-old man for 40 years. Right. <laughs> you know how crazy is that? Right. So I was like, <laughs> and, and I went and looked up. Well, now I got to look it up again. At the time, because I was like, Cocoon, and who else was in the cast? It was all people that were born like in the 20s and stuff, you know? And <laughs> and Wilford Brimley. Look, September 27th, 1934. Come on. He was 50 years old when Cocoon came out because it was probably a summer movie. <laughs> yeah. How ridiculous is that? I mean, let's see who else was in the cast. Uh, Don Amici. Don Amici was in the cast. He was born in 1908. <laughs> <laughs> Hume Cronin, 1911. Well, Brian Dennehy, but he plays one of the young guys in the movie. Right. Brian Dennehy's probably like his age. Brian Dennehy's four years younger than fucking Wilford Brimley. You know, and he's playing like one of the young people who's doubting him or something, you know? Right. How, how, how ridiculous is it? Steven Gutenberg was the son. Yeah. Jeez. Jessica Tandy. She was born in 1909. Maureen Stapleton. <laughs> born in 1925. Oh, she's one of the younger ones. But still, he's with all these super geriatric people. You know, septa and octogenarians and whatnot in this movie about old people where he's one of the, the old decrepit people. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. And he's alive. And apparently he was not at the Tonys. Because <laughs> I kept watching, <laughs> trying to find him. And then I Googled later for the, um, looking for like official presenters. He wasn't a list. I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I heard. I mean, I, I was in the next room, so I wasn't paying attention. I just thought I heard. But you know, they say all the names together, you know? So they might have just right. said two different names that in my what I heard sounded to combine a last name of one person with the first name of somebody else into Wilford Brimley. But no, Wilford <laughs> Brimley did not present no at Wilford the Tonys, Brimley. which makes sense because he has no Broadway acting experience at all. Because <laughs> I'm thinking Wilford <laughs> Brimley is a Broadway actor, uh, you know. And I discovered all this other weird stuff about him, like he's a Mormon. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and he was a cowboy, a rodeo cowboy at one time or something. And then he had some job like an in insurance or something before he became an actor. So so that was one thing I just wanted to cover because that, that did blow me away. Because I definitely did not think of my dad as an old man in 1985. But I definitely always thought Wilford Brimley was a really old dude. And I expected to see his age at like 90-something, not 81, you know? Right. right. So so that was my shock of the week. Um, I also ago. have a note that I wrote down okay. that I wanted to cover. And I didn't remember it until you said that you wrote a note down. So I checked my notes. Uh, this is what my note says. Um, Don't you love the things says, we keep as notes? Micro penis sized amount of cream. <laughs> what is that reference? <laughs> so when I uh, w when I get coffee, um, 
when I go get coffee at Starbucks, I like Starbucks because you get to put your own milk in it. Okay. And I like Starbucks coffee, so it works out great. Everything's perfect, right? But um, there's in the summertime, one, there's a lot of great um, little coffee places around my neighborhood that make really good iced coffee. Yeah. And it's worth going there, but they put the cream in for you. And we've been doing a lot of work early in the morning, so on the way to an event or on the way to work, we um, we have uh, we quick stop at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, and I haven't figured out how to order my coffee. I like my coffee with the with just a little bit of cream. Okay, like to, you don't like to give to, it, make it too light, right? I used to make it with skim milk, and I used to put a little uh, a little Splenda in it or something. But then I realized that I like the taste of coffee, so I tried to wean myself off the sugar uh, or the Splenda or whatever. And then I realized that the cream, if you just put a little bit in it, it gives it a little flavor and it cools it down. So I take it, I take my iced coffee the same way, even though it doesn't need to be cooled down. And I've tried every combination. I've gone to the counter and I've asked for one cream. Yeah, you know that's a big thing. Two creams, two sugars. I don't even know how much one is, but I figured if two creams, two sugars is standard, give me half of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no good, no good. Uh, I've asked for just a little bit of cream. I've asked for a splash of cream. I've asked for. Uh, just a drop of cream, and it always comes. And I know that like cream is pretty thick, yeah. So it's gonna lighten it, but it, I mean, it's coming like I look like a teenage girl walking around with this iced coffee, yeah, you know, with the amount of cream that's in it. So I, I thought to myself, I, apparently, I'm not getting my point across. And the next time I go to order my coffee. I'm going to try with uh, with a micro penis sized amount of cream. Micro penis size, please. <laughs> amount of cream, nice. So we'll see if that works. I don't, uh, I don't know if it will, but we'll see. We'll see. But that's that's it. I'm gonna go. guess it doesn't work. But... <laughs> uh, I've got one note, and that is it. So that was the only note you had. I'm sure. I'll probably get off of here and think, oh, I should have told him about this or that, you know, but, but no. Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Did uh-huh. you get the email from Syracuse about the new master plan for the campus? No. What's the new master plan? I don't know, but it's all crazy. Like, uh, apparently they're going to turn, one of the plans is to turn the, the, the hotel, the Sheraton there into a dorm. Or something like that, you know. Okay. Uh, I'll look for the email. I'll forward it to you because it was a big topic of conversation. This big vision, you know, it's all tied into the whole thing. You know, they're redoing the dome and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so exciting times up there. You know, for whatever that's worth. Uh, let's see. Problems with the proposed university promenade. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, you're looking on the website or something. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to connect. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to shut down university? one of their. Yeah, the promenade thing's a big. I think that's kind of like they got people that are bitching about that. You know. 
Why, why would they bitch about that? I don't think they like the idea of shutting down the street or whatever, you know? Uh, let's see. Oh, Faculty members put a particular emphasis on what they believe has been a lack of transparency yes. for SU officials regarding the promenade. Uh, how does the promenade fit into the academic strategic plan? Whether the cost of constructing it would justify whether a promenade would make campus safer or more accessible. I think it's just your typical revenue-generating side of campus versus your academic side of campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The haters. Yeah. Haters gonna hate, man. As Taylor Swift would say, haters gonna hate. The draft campus framework. I got the email from Chancellor Kent Siverud on June 20th. And, uh... Here, I'll forward this to you. Yeah, he must have lost my email address. You <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's because I gave money to him. You know, so they get they got my email address through that shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. One pre- one professor said the university made the assumption that this was more important than academics than fully staffing our academic department. I'd love to know who made that assumption. Who decided that it's more important than giving us a full staff to staff our academic departments, the professor said. $6 million is what I hear the price tag of this is. Is that correct? That could go a long way in hiring back all those staff that we let go. Yeah, like one of the things they're going to do, I think I think like they're going to connect like with Archibald, what was Archibald or whatever, to like the dome and all this. Like, here's the bullet points they have in his email. A state-of-the-art health and wellness complex. First of its kind, academic and research building dedicated to advancing the lives of veterans and their families. Smart teaching stations and other technology-driven classroom enhancements. A vibrant revitalization of the Shine Student Center and Bird Library with collaborative study spaces and increased physical connectivity. And, and here's what I was talking about, like with the plant at the Sheraton stuff, Relocation expansion of undergraduate housing from South Campus to Main Campus. Oh wow! Yeah, so you go to if you go to campusframework.syr.edu, that's where they have all the the uh, the draft document, a, is, all the stuff and drawings and whatever. Oh, there's a drawing. What is it? Campus campusframework.syr.edu. Interesting. I'll take a look at this. Yeah. But I mean that's 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 what happens. That's what needs to happen. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, you go to a they always got to keep building stuff too, you know? I mean, it's like the lifeblood of colleges, you know? What's this building? Is this what the new dome's going to look like? What's the building that uh the National Veterans Resource Complex. Oh, the big, the rectangular-looking thing. Yeah, yeah, what is that? Well, I don't know. Didn't you, you heard about that a couple of years ago? They started doing all that stuff. Like the Syracuse became like this founding school for like this program addressing veterans and stuff. You know, like it was like I think Chase might have been endowing it or something. I don't know. It was something like that. You know, it was a big. It's kind of like a pioneering type of thing, and they're on the cutting edge of it. You know, working with veterans and, 
you know, to get them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a big, it, it's it's one of their big um, flagship type of things they're trying to do now, you know? All right. Yeah, so. All right. I, I dig it. Yeah. Um, Listen, make it, make the campus bigger, make it more beautiful. Make it when people go there and kids go there on the four weekends that the sun shines. That. That they're that's the place they want to go. Yeah, I mean, while you know? it sounds cool to me, the idea of moving everybody from South, moving people from South Campus to more within the campus, probably their bigger reason of doing that is probably to keep an eye on all those kids. You know, yeah, South yeah. Campus was like the Wild Wild West. You know, I'd lived there sophomore year. You know, and it was like it was. It was like uh, the law of the sky. Uh, you probably never watched the Chris Elliott adult swim show Eagle Heart. No, no. <laughs> but there was an episode. It was the sky law. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> Why you don't like Chris Elliott, right? No. Well, I'll question. I'll question something about Chris Elliott, and then we'll end up on a forty-five yeah, yeah, yeah. minute diatribe. Well, anyway, there was an episode where it was Elliott. like. Anything that happened in the sky wasn't covered by the law of the town. <laughs> so there was like okay. a blimp floating around in the sky where all these crimes are being committed, drug dealing and gambling and prostitution, and bodies are just landing on the friggin' streets because <laughs> some shit would happen. They would just throw you off the side of the blimp. <laughs> but there was nothing you could do about it because they were in the sky. Okay. <laughs> That's what South Campus was like at Syracuse. It was like technically it was under all the same framework as all the residence halls, but there was like no oversight. There was all kinds of friggin' there were right? constant keg parties and ridiculous amounts of drug use and you know, there was not much the school could do about it because how are you gonna how are you gonna keep eyes on all of them, you know? So I'm sure that's one of the reasons they'd probably rather have students living closer within confines and buildings where they're not able just to throw these friggin' ridiculous parties where there's no oversight, you know? Right. I'm sure that's part of the emphasis on that type of thing. Because it was crazy. If you live in a dorm, you know, it's like, you, you know, it was hard to get away with anything, but you live in South Campus, no one was watching you. People, there was like serious... Friggin' drug issues going on down there. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like, and everybody, it was like, and all the, you know, all I remember all like the drug dealing dudes were automatically in South Campus apartments next year, you know? Because you remember right, as a dude, right. you had to stay at on campus housing for like two years. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to be down there technically, but I had such a shitty number. It was the only way I could get into anything was by going there because. They had just shut down that Grover Cleveland dorm. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like there was a shortage of housing, you know, and all everybody wanted to get in like Del Plain or whatever, and those got taken up right away, you know? So. Yeah, there, like, when you really think about it, the there weren't a lot of awesome places to live. Yeah. You know, as a freshman, like what what was a good freshman dorm? I mean, I know people love living on the mount, you know. Yeah. But that sucked. You lived on, you, you had to climb all those stairs every yeah, day. Yeah, you lived in BB, right? I lived in BB. Yeah, me too. I was on Brew Three, three ten. 
What? What? I guess Livingston and Sadler, but those seem like weird. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those were weird to me. I mean, in my opinion, I guess Brewster Bowen was was the best place. One because I lived there, and I mean, it was a little bit in the ghetto, but it was really close to campus. Yeah, yeah. The only thing sucked was having to go up those um, hamster. Yes, 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 yes. That's all I always remember. <laughs> the hamster stairs. Yes. I guess sophomore, year, and I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. Freshmen live in the in the shitty places. Sophomore year, uh, Booth and Del Plain were um, were legit. Yep. Um, I guess Shaw was okay, but I think wasn't Shaw like quiet living? Yeah, I think it was like Shaw was actually not a bad place, but I, I do think it might have been something different, you know? Because it was it 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 should have been a way better. It was a good location, yeah. Perfect location. Yep. Yep. Um, And then there was the last Watson was supposed to be okay. Yeah, well, Watson had those, like, two-story singles. But then Marion was still an all-girls dorm. And then I think it was, like, the... I think it was after my sophomore year that it became co-ed. You remember Marion? It was right there next to Kimmel and all that across from Watson. Marion and and Haven, yeah. Yeah. Marion, Kimmel, and Haven were all in the same... Yep. And then it became... Because it was the last single-sex dorm on campus. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then and then and then they went co-ed. Yeah, you know? and those were all really good locations. You know, because you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, you were halfway up the hill. Yep. Yep. So. So. Um, so that's that. <laughs> yeah. I'd live in the Sheridan. Yeah, I mean, I. I I guess we can look more into that because I know there's bigger plans, you know. For- yeah, there's great pictures on here, but I can't comprehend them. There's too much. To, yeah, you got too much going. You're gonna on. have to look at it later. Um, I mean, so that's the exciting news. I'm really psyched about to see what the the new dome's gonna look like, you know. Yeah, and then with all all the logistics of it, like where are they gonna play basketball games and football games and stuff, because it's not. You know, I mean, it'll probably take a little bit of time to put on the new dome and do all the renovations. You know, because they're putting on an actual hard top dome. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're getting rid of the Teflon, the bubble. You know. Yeah, it's about time. I think it's supposed to be the same people that might have designed the one in Minnesota, the new Viking Stadium. Was supposed to be working on, or maybe it's the same type of material. I don't know. So it's so, you know, the dome's probably going to look pretty damn cool because it's due for an upgrade, you know. Yeah. So and they're going to connect like Archibald to the dome, I think, you know, or something like that. And they're going to make this whole big type of connective type of thing or something. So, so that, that's something to look forward to in the next in the coming years. <laughs> well then on that yes. note my friend on that note uh, with apologies to Girk's brother we will uh, see you guys next yeah. week yeah good night Fredo